0: Hey, everybody. You know, there's so much going on in the world. And as you know, there's so much going on in my world and so many things we're fighting for and fighting against. But I wanted to take a moment to play an interview for you that I just did this week of Cori Bush, who is running for the first congressional seat in Missouri. She is wonderful, she is brilliant she is a registered nurse she's a pastor she's a community organizer she has the best spirit and the best energy in the world and i so badly want to see her elected to congress it was a great interview it was done before we knew of all of the death threats and other things coming my way but uh, so we don't talk about that but i want you to understand that In spite of all that's going on, the death threats against me, the the, the police brutality, the violence against uh, demonstrators and protesters, it's still an election year, not just for president, but for congressional races, for state races, for Senate races, for district attorney. And I want you to hear this interview, and I want you to chip in and chime in and support Corey in every way you can. Take a listen. The Breakdown. The Breakdown. (laughs) The the, the Breakdown The the, 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 the Breakdown I tell people all the time that, you know, and I've seen this said, and I think it's one of the most beautiful things that I've seen come out over the past few weeks. It's being black in America is beautiful. It's it's not being black that's hard. It's all of the things around it and all of the pressures, all, all of the, the fights and struggles uh, around what it means to be black in America. Being black in America is beautiful. It's that you also have to daily be in so many fights and so many struggles just to keep your head above water. And so um, there's a part of me sometimes that when I ask some, like I actually wanted to know how you were doing. And so when I asked, you know, there's a part of me that sometimes wonders, like, should I stop asking people how they're doing? Because it's, yeah, (laughs) right. (laughs) Because, but if you really want to know, you should, we should be checking in with each other. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad your head is above water. I know, I, I know there's so much going on there in the whole state of Missouri. And, you know, I have some friends that call Missouri, uh, Northern Mississippi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, you know, like people that haven't been there and don't understand the systemic inequality and problems there may not understand why people would call it Northern Mississippi. But, Coria, if if you don't mind, can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are beyond the fact that you are running uh, for the Missouri one congressional seat, who are you and why did you decide to run for that seat?
1: Uh, sure. So, um, going back to what you said about, you know, people calling Missouri, like the Northern Mississippi, one thing that people, um, a lot of people, uh, call Missouri the South and, you know, when it really actually isn't, but people think of it as the South because, you know, we, um, it was a slave state, you know, and uh, that same mentality still rests upon St. Louis. It still rests upon uh, Missouri, and trying to break away from that is the re- is, is the reason why I'm in the fight that um, that I'm in. While, while I, the reason why I stepped up, um, we are uh, uh, just. Living, living in this place where um, I frequently drive by, where the um, where slaves were auctioned um, at our old courthouse, where the right. Dred Scott case was heard. Yeah. You know, just thinking about that when Michael Brown was murdered. Uh, I, you know, I never thought that I would like become an activist. I didn't realize I was an activist before Michael Brown was murdered. I was a pastor in a church, but most of my work was like on the ground. Yeah. So. I'm someone who is uh, a boots-to-the-ground person. My dad taught me that. 30 He's been in politics more than 30 years, but one thing he taught me was you being face-to-face, you know, looking people in their eye, you know, you help them right where they are, don't tell them you'll help them tomorrow, you know, if you see the need, meet the need, you know, right now, and so that's how I grew up, and uh, when Michael Brown was murdered, you know, I was working as a registered nurse, I work in community health, Um, so I was uh, managing a a mental health clinic, and um, When when Michael Brown was murdered, it was like, you know, it was unbelievable because this was an 18-year-old baby laying in the street, you know, Um, and and people were... For mm
0: -hmm. anybody who, this is is a young man who had just finished summer school. Yes. And people have imposed manhood on him and on so many uh, young boys and girls, teenagers uh, in our community. But this was... This was a boy who lived at home with his family and had just finished summer school. And, and and what you know is what many of us who aren't from St. Louis, aren't from Ferguson, didn't know at the time, but that the murder of Michael Brown was the culmination of years and years of over-policing And misconduct, not only from that police department, but neighboring police departments. And so while many of us, the murder of Michael Brown was our introduction to Ferguson, you as a pastor and as a registered nurse, you had been seeing that pain up close and personal your, your whole life.
1: Yes, but I did not know, like so many others, not only in Missouri, but probably across the country, we didn't know we could speak up. Right. You know, we didn't know we had we, we could fight back um, right. like that. That was a thing because you just kind of, you know, I think we were all in a place of you just kind of accept that this is the law. This is the way right. law enforcement this is, how is. It is. This is
0: yes. how it is. This is how it's always been. Absolutely. Right? See, I grew up in Kentucky and um, like I have I, I moved away and went and moved to Atlanta to go to college. And, and my wife is from Kentucky, too. And when we go back home, sometimes it pains us to see problems, I'm 40 now, to see problems that existed when I was 15 and 16, that they're still there, like that they they exist in the exact same form and substance. And one of the things that we started seeing, it was actually really painful, that we didn't notice as kids, we started noticing that our family members would call like their own white peers in in Lexington and Kentucky uh, miss so-and-so. Like black folk would call white folk, miss this, miss that, mister this, mister that. And it was like, just like the legacies of segregation and discrimination that are just still there in 2020. And, uh, and, And you found out like everybody else, it's like, we can change these systems. One of the things that we do here at the North Star is we never promote ads or companies that we don't actually like or love. And I love Blinkist. With everything going on in the world, we're constantly being bombarded with new information. And it can be hard to just sit down and sift through it all. That's why I love Blinkist. Blinkist takes the key need-to-know information from thousands and thousands of nonfiction books, and it condenses them into 15-minute blinks that you can read or listen to, as I said, in just 15 minutes. Then you can decide if you want the full audio book and decide if it's right for you, and you can get it right there. I love Blinkist because it has a diverse selection of books from authors across all types of spectrums. Right now, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience you can go to Blinkist.com slash breakdown to start your free seven-day trial and get twenty-five percent off of a Blinkist premium membership and up to sixty-five percent off of audiobooks that are yours to keep forever. That's Blinkist. It's spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S T blinkist.com slash breakdown, and you get 25% off of a premium membership and a seven-day free trial. That's Blinkist.com slash breakdown. Check it out. I love them, and I'm so grateful that they're a sponsor of the breakdown. Break it down. 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 We can change these
1: systems. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I learned that it takes. Uh, people in every different facet of society and every different piece of work in order to really make that change happen. Um, people someone came up to me the other day at a Juneteenth. We did a we had a huge Juneteenth protest here um in St. Louis in front of our city hall. Yep. And someone walked up to me and she said, you know what, you all need to stop protesting. Like this is ridiculous. You've been protesting for too long. Nothing is happening. You you have to learn, you have to do other things. And so what I, I stopped her, you know, I let her talk. And then I and then I I I I said to her, You have to understand that the reason why change is happening right now and has been happening, especially since 2014 is because protesters stayed in the face of the authorities we stayed in the face of power but also we started to move into politics we started to move into building organizations and all of that we started to move um and build to be in all of these different spaces that's how the work happens but you can't have that without the protest when the protest is needed because pressure pressure breaks things
0: absolutely (laughs) you know i think there's a, there's a book called Locking Up Our Own, and it's by a brilliant man named, named James Forman, Jr. He's a professor at Yale Law School. His father, James Forman, was a revered civil rights leader in the civil rights movement. And one of the things that he talks about is something that I wanted to to address with you is he the book won the Pulitzer Prize, and it's actually not a very popular book because it talks about the role of two groups of people in helping build the systems and structures of mass incarceration. It talks about the role of the Democratic Party, and it even talks at great length about the role of the Congressional Black Caucus in, in building the systems and structures of mass incarceration and even supporting the crime bill and campaigning for it. And it's a painful reality that we have to address that sometimes even leaders within the party that we identify with, uh, including, including Black elected officials in the party that we identify with, can sometimes be supporting the systems and structures that hold us back. And that's part of why you are running to unseat an incumbent. Who could be doing so much more for St. Louis, for Missouri, for our country? Uh, tell us why you decided to do something that takes so much guts and so much courage to say, in essence, i know I know who I am and I know what I fight for, and I think I could do a better job in this position
1: yeah, so. Um, I think about just being that regular person yeah. um, out on the streets during during the Ferguson uprising, you know, we, we didn't have a playbook that said this is what you do in the event that you have to protest in your communities like you know, so we just we didn't know what to do. We just we just reacted to this injustice and but but then as just regular folks, uh, out there, you know giving our putting our lives on the line and our livelihoods we weren 't seeing our elected officials do the same um at least not the not many of them um and then not on a regular basis and for somebody to be the one with the pen that's paid to represent that particular area to not stop what was happening. Yeah. Sean, I'm watching people hung upside down and hog tied hanging off of batons. I'm watching people beaten unconscious. Mm. I myself was abused by by the um by several police officers um one night. And the, the thing is, if they won't stand up to represent us, if they won't, if they won't take that heart of the community and put it in and seated, then we'll do that. Because right. the thing is, if in June of 2014, our congressperson could have voted to demilitarize the police just a few months before Michael Brown was murdered, and we had this this militarized uh, force against us in August right where he missed that that 's where that 's the difference i would have i 'm not somebody who would have done that, you know, and the other thing is this. I feel like as the person or other elected officials, if the police are standing on a line beating a baton in front of nonviolent protesters if they're holding, and they're holding dogs and, and chasing people, firing rubber bullets and all of that, as, as that elected official, I'm going to show up and I'm going to stand in between the police and the people and say, you won't. Right. I, let me pick up my phone. If, if it's about relationship, I got a relationship with the governor. I got a relationship with this person and that person, this chief and that person. You know, right. I got relationship with the National Guard. Let me call and let me make a, let me talk about what you're not going to do in my community. Right. That could have happened and it did. And, le- and,
0: and as you said, and let me show up and stand yeah. there and, and dare you to do to me Absolutely. what you were doing to children and, and families and others right there in the community. You know, the coronavirus pandemic has caused a lot of us to be more thoughtful about planning for our future. And one way of doing this is by making sure that you have a life insurance policy, especially if you have family members that depend on you. I have a life insurance policy. My wife has a life insurance policy. And if you can, I'd love for you to have one as well. But with so many insurance companies out there, it can be hard to decide which plan is best for you and your family. That's why Policy Genius is great, We're glad to have them as a sponsor of the breakdown policy genius compares quotes from the top life insurance companies all in one place. And it takes just a few minutes to compare quotes and to find the best fit policy genius will get you the best rate and they'll handle the entire process completely from start to finish. They'll get you and your family protected. And I want you to have that. So if you're looking to buy life insurance, but you're not sure where to start. Head now to PolicyGenius.com. More. It's the pathway to
1: freedom. no
0: stops. Corey, you know I, I've been rooting for you and, and I, I've believed in you for years, and so I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, for our audience to see you and hear more about you and support you. Can you tell us what are some practical ways that people who are watching, what are some practical ways that they can chip in, volunteer, donate, or anything to support you?
1: Uh, Yes. So um, a real easy way, if you uh, our phone number uh, is 314-370-2929. If you want to volunteer, you just want to text the word volunteer to that number. All if right. you want to donate, you can just text the word donate to that number. And if you want to just say, I just support Corey, you can just uh, text the word Corey, C-O-R-I, to that Great. phone number. Um, with either with any of that, you're going to get a link. The number is 314 370 Two nine two
0: nine. Cool. We'll put it on the screen too. Is there a website where people can go to learn more about you and about your values and the and the policies that you're fighting for?
1: Yes. Yes. Um, CoryBush.org. It's C O R I B U S H. I'm the good bush. That's right. Get it twisted.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm I'm so proud of. The campaign that you're running and uh, and the policies that you're fighting for, you and I both have been fighting for Medicare for all, for a Green yes. Deal. We've been fighting to to radically change our nation's legal and justice system. And uh, there's, I, I really feel like there's nobody better than you that we need in Congress. Somebody who understands as a nurse as a community organizer and activist, as a pastor who really understands and is connected to the people. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm rooting for you. I wish I could come down there and vote for you. (laughs) 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 But uh, we're going to do everything we can to fight for you here. Uh, When is election day for you?
1: 40 days, August the 4th. August the 4th, yes. People are already voting absentee now.
0: Okay, cool. Well, we're going to push and push and, uh, and do everything we can to support you. Corey. Thank we've you. got to run, but thank you so much for, for who you are and what you're doing. We're in your corner.
1: Thank you. You as well, Sean. Have a great one.
0: Take care. Bye, Corey. Bye-bye.
1: Hey, my name is Brandon Janice, and I'm the host of Sick Empire, a brand new podcast brought to you by the North Star. On Sick Empire, I interview New Yorkers who, in different ways, fight on the front lines for change in the city during the coronavirus pandemic, Please listen to hear a unique mix of stories from essential workers, small business owners, artists, and elected officials who are all experiencing the chaos of COVID in their own ways. Listen to Sick Empire on all streaming platforms. And you can support the show and any of our other podcasts by heading over to the Northstar.com and becoming a member. Sick Empire.